For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Andrea Vall, and we're going to explore Facebook ad budgeting. If you've always wondered, man, how much should I put together with my budget? And how do I even know if things are working before I spend a lot of money? And dot, 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 all those things. That's what we're going to talk about today. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Andrea Vall. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Andrea Vall. If you don't know who Andrea is, she is a Facebook ads expert who helps entrepreneurs grow their leads and sales with Facebook, Instagram, and Google ads. She's also the author of Facebook ads made simple and her course is called Facebook advertising secrets. Andrea, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. It is so great to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you back. And today, Andrea and I are going to explore a process that will help you know if your ads will be successful on Facebook. Now, Andrea, I guess my first question for you is, we live in this era right now where TikTok is getting a lot of attention and YouTube is getting a lot of attention and Facebook isn't quite getting as much attention as it used to. Same thing with Instagram, it's not quite as like hot and sexy as it used to be. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, from your perspective, why should marketers still focus on Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, I mean, it is definitely not the hottest platform that people are excited about anymore, but it's still the top social network out there. It's got, I was just looking up to some of these numbers because I was, I was curious to see where things were at. It's 2.9 billion monthly active users. And to put that in perspective, um, YouTube is 2.5 billion. So, you know, definitely, I think, you know, some of these platforms are interesting, exciting to explore, but Facebook is still number one. Instagram is at 1.44 billion. And they they recently did some cal- different calculations on, on their monthly active users. But, you know, these platforms, if you're advertising on Facebook, you can obviously advertise on Facebook and Instagram. And if we compare TikTok, it's at 1 billion right now of monthly active users, but your audience may not be there. You know, if your audience skews a little bit older, you're, you know, you're not trying to reach the kids who don't have as much of a budget anyway, (laughs) maybe to spend, then you really do need to be still advertising on Facebook, Instagram. And for sure, you can consider diversifying. I'm highly recommending that these days, diversifying, checking out Google ads, if you've never done Google ads, checking out YouTube ads, maybe exploring 
TikTok and Snapchat and things like that. See how they do. It always helps to test to see what's working best because things shift and change. So you got to be out there and testing, but Facebook is still number one in terms of number of people on it. Well, and I think the other big advantage that Facebook has specifically over YouTube and TikTok is you don't have to have video, right? I mean, like your ads could be just images, right? With a lot of text. And if you're not at the point where you have a video person in house, or you feel really comfortable about your videos, well, you can still advertise on this platform where you would not be able to do so on YouTube and you would not be able to do so on TikTok. Yep. Absolutely. To the, to the best of my knowledge. Let's think about some of the mistakes that marketers make when it comes to their spending, because I would imagine from the limited experience we have at social media examiner doing advertising on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, so many people listening right now probably have spent a lot of money on Facebook and Instagram, and they maybe, you know, shut off the campaigns really quickly, you know, because maybe they're making some of these common mistakes. So what are some of the mistakes that you see marketers getting wrong? I think one of the, you know, especially when it comes to spending, I mean, obviously the number one thing you need to be doing is testing, but that also kind of relates to how much you're going to spend because you have to spend some money in order to get a significant result with your tests. So one of the biggest things I see related to spend is that people aren't spending enough. And that could be, you know, they try like a, you know, a $50 ad or something like that. And like, well, that didn't work, you know, or they're actually getting some results, but they're not spending enough to then like maximize those results. So I've seen it both ways. Sometimes they're just, you know, not testing enough and not spending enough with their tests because a lot of times you'll find a different audience that does really well and you'll be able to cut your lead cost in half. And if you had stopped way earlier in your testing iterations, then you would not have found that audience, not realize that your ads could actually be profitable. How can we equip someone to go to their boss and say, boss, even though we haven't gotten results yet, we need to spend more because (laughs) you understand? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think you do have to kind of have a little bit of a success there. You have to see some things that are are working, you know, you're able to start that tracking and it it does like sort of come into the play where you want to start ramping up your testing slowly. You know, maybe you're really kind of outlining the different audiences that you think are going to work for you. And I think that's the big piece of it is just being able to see some success to maximize that and prove your results. Because it's all about just making some little tweaks occasionally that will yield some of these bigger results. So it is hard to say, yeah, we need to spend more. (laughs) Well, I mean, and just like anything, sometimes you're going to make mistakes in the beginning and you're going to have to learn from it. It's kind of like saying, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and you put up one video and it doesn't work. And then you say YouTube doesn't work. Well, you can't make that claim because it clearly does work for others. You just haven't figured it out yet. Right. So, so not spending enough. The reason why that's important is because what, because the data. Yeah. You've got to have enough data. You've got to have enough data to see how those results come through. And also even downstream, because sometimes, you know, you'll get some leads in the beginning and you'll get really good cost lead costs, but maybe they don't buy that product. Maybe you need to think about offering them another product. So sometimes there's a customer lifetime value to your, you know, the leads that you have generated from Facebook. So yeah, another side of the coin I see in terms of spending enough is like sometimes people are getting great cost per lead and they just kind of play it a little bit safer. 
and maybe don't maximize that and they just cut their spending off. Like I have a client who's still getting 30 cents per lead, which is crazy to these days. You know, that was way back in the beginning. You could get that a little bit easier. And she kind of caps her budget. She likes to play it kind of safe, which, you know, that's okay too. But if you've got a proven system, then, you know, I think it makes sense to to spend more on Facebook and Instagram ads. Is there anything else that you wanted to address as far as the mistakes that marketers are making? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's, oh, there's a, there can be a lot of mistakes. So kind of related to this is knowing your metrics. You know, you have to be able to know, you know, you have to have the Facebook pixel in there to make sure that you're tracking those metrics. Sometimes you might not know your conversions, like what it takes to convert someone into a sale, but you really should know that kind of information so that you can determine if Facebook is working better than other methods for you. So if you know, typically when you send people to the sales page, maybe 2% convert, for example. And if, you know, if you're not getting that same conversion with the Facebook ads, then maybe it's time to change that up and adjust the audience, adjust the ads, maybe adjust the messaging a little bit to make sure that you are getting the right metrics on on your back end. So that's that's a big thing. And then one other thing I will say is just tracking in general. I mean, that's a harder thing to do, but having the Facebook pixel in there, a lot of people don't have the Facebook pixel in there. Facebook tracking has gotten more difficult for sure, but it's not impossible. You know, you can do things like use UTM links, which are the Google tracking. You can kind of maybe send, have a separate landing page for your Facebook ads so that you know that if anyone gets to that page and buys, you know for sure that that sale came from your Facebook ads. And and then like just tracking on the back end in, in different ways with like the conversion API can, can be helpful too. So tracking well is also going to give you better information and be, allow you to make better decisions. Perfect. So what I hear you saying is, hey, you know, you're not spending enough money and therefore the algorithm doesn't really know how to find your ideal client. That's kind of what I'm imputing from what you're saying. You're not really tracking very well. You don't understand what your core metrics are, like what is the average conversion rate on your sales page. If it's a low converting sales page and you put obviously money behind it, it's probably still going to be a low converting sales page, right? You know? Yeah. Let's talk about how to actually calculate a budget because I do feel like this is one of the big questions, like how do we even go about doing this? That is like one of the biggest questions that people ask. They're not totally sure on how much they should spend. And I kind of approach it a couple of different ways. Like one, and it depends kind of on how people actually make the purchase for you, you know, or from you. So, you know, if you have like an e-commerce page, you'll be able to track that pretty well and see like how many people are actually adding it to cart, how many people are buying and things like that, you'll be able to see your return on ad spend pretty quickly with that kind of thing. So that makes it easier in determining a budget because then you can see, yep, we're definitely making a profit here. We know our numbers, the sale happens pretty quickly. But for other people who maybe have a longer sales cycle or maybe have a couple of steps in there, like first they're getting leads and then they're doing something else to actually get the sale, then it becomes a little bit more challenging to say, okay, how much should we spend? So this is also where knowing your numbers comes into play really well too, because if you know, so let's just, I'll just give you a couple examples. So if you have like a thousand dollar product, for example, let's just say it's like an info product, or maybe it's a, a online course or something like that, or maybe it's consulting package, for example, and you want to sell that. 
And you know that typically you maybe you sell it with a webinar, for example, or some sort of, you know, little free, free thing that you're giving away. And say you know that when you get a thousand people on that webinar or in that in that training, you will make 30 sales from that. You have a 3% conversion rate. Let's give that as an example. So now what you what you can do is calculate like okay, how much do I need to spend to get those thousand people into that webinar or that free training in order to get those 30 sales? And how, how profitable will I be? So you can start running ads or you can kind of have a ceiling threshold for how much you can spend on that particular lead to get that person in that webinar. So you might say, I want to make $20,000. So that means that your threshold of your webinar lead cost would be $10 per person. And you would know that if you're going over $10 a person, you're not going to hit that um, revenue target that you have for yourself. So it's all about math and it's all about kind of calculating where that where those things are going to land. And also you're going to make better decisions on which audiences are doing well for you if you know what that what that capped ceiling is going to be. So that's one way of tracking, but Another way could be like just saying, okay, we're going to maybe you've got a, you know, an ebook or something like that that you're doing for a lead magnet. But let's just say you have like a hundred dollar product and you might have to then say, okay, we know that if we have a hundred dollar product and we get a thousand people in there, you know, you might say if we were only converting those thousand people at 3%, I'm I'm doing a lot of numbers here. There's a lot of math. I actually wrote it down because I was like <laughs> calculating all these numbers. <laughs> but like if your lead cost was let's was that $10 again, you would then not be making money because it would cost you $10,000 to get people into your, you know, into your product. You wouldn't maybe you, if your conversion rate was lower, you would lose money in that case. So it's all about kind of knowing your numbers and kind of tracking where your lead cost is at and you know how many people then actually buy from you if you've got that kind of longer sales cycle. So, you know, if your lead cost is too high, it might be a time to think about like let's get a different lead magnet or let's try some different audiences or let's improve our conversion rate on the back end or maybe it's an upsell or something like that. So, what I typically do is sit down and sketch out the numbers and I've got a little calculator that I use typically to see, okay, if X, then Y, basically, you know, it's all about like just plugging in some of those conversion rates and where you're landing with things to see if you're going to be profitable. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that if you're selling a more, and this is where it gets a little tricky. My gut tells me that the more expensive products are harder to sell with Facebook ads than the cheaper products, but I could be wrong. No, that is true in some instances for sure, but it all depends on how you're selling them. And like, again, it's kind of like that whole, if you can improve one step of that sales process, you can convert high-end things with Facebook ads, but that sales cycle might take a little bit longer. It might be more of a consultative sales method in that case. I definitely think it's harder to sell less expensive things a lot of times. Really? Okay. Yeah. You know, something that's like 10 bucks, like an ebook, it's hard to get the link click costs down enough to be able to sell that at a profitable rate. Now, 
it can depend on what you're selling. If you've, you know, if it's an info product that doesn't, you know, has no cost of goods sold in that way, then, then that can be okay. But like, you know, something that has some cost associated with it, it's harder to sell. So usually there's kind of a threshold of, you want that order value to be like $100 or more typically, if you want to be really profitable with Facebook ads. If you're selling something that's less than $100, then you need to consider like, how can we get the cart order up or how can we get more sales on the back end? Maybe there's an upsell that you then lead into, or maybe there's a sequence that you'll then sell where the ads are just kind of more of a, what they call self-liquidating offer type of thing. So so if you're in like an e-commerce where you've got something really inexpensive to sell, hopefully you have a way to bump up that cart value or have some system on the back end where you then continue to make those offers and it's worthwhile for you. So back to this, if X then Y calculator thing, maybe just describe how we could with words, create something like this, uh, just so people can wrap their head around something like this. What I have done is just like an Excel spreadsheet where you're putting in kind of what you know And then you might be making some assumptions or you might have some values that change based on things. Maybe it's a conversion. Maybe you're making an assumption based on how well your sales page is going to convert once you get people over to it. So it's basically kind of this waterfall effect where you have some numbers in the beginning. Maybe you know some of your numbers in terms of conversion rates and you're plugging those numbers up in and just making calculations. So for example, Say you would say, I'm, I, I want a thousand leads and I know that right now the lead cost is $5 on average per lead. So then you, you know, it just automatically calculates that you'll need to spend $5,000. And then from there, you can say, okay, of those thousand people, how many people, what percentage of those people convert to a sale? And, and then you get the number of sales that you'll get. And then you say, okay, price of the product and you can do subtraction in there to just just really an Excel spreadsheet that you can kind of create to plug in your knowns and where you need to make assumptions. And then it'll calculate out if your your ads are going to be profitable for you. You also mentioned earlier in the interview, lifetime value. I would imagine a lot of people don't really understand the lifetime value of their customer. But if they know that someone who buys this $10 ebook, a percentage of them go on to buy the course, which is maybe $100 then I would imagine they could maybe be willing to spend more than the $10, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's where you would also then have those like, you know, calculations downstream where you say, okay, I've got a hundred people or I've got 10,000 people on my list and a hundred of them are frequent buyers. So then you're saying, okay, so then I can kind of make those assumptions going forward that maybe 10% of my people will be frequent buyers if I you know, and, and what does that value come out to be? Do you find that a lot of people do not have a budget when they start with projects? They just, yeah, for sure. They just say, I'm going to, they just say, here's some money, go do it. And I mean, like, yeah. And a lot of people ask me about that. They're like, okay, you just tell me what I need to spend. And that's where this calculator kind of came in where I'm like, okay, what do we know? Where can we make some assumptions? And then once we start running the ads, then we can kind of say, okay, are those assumptions then holding true? Or do we need to maybe kind of think about refiguring some of those numbers? And that's why you it's good to test slow and kind of get some of those numbers under your belt. And hopefully you have a little bit of an idea because 
I do like to say that I wouldn't spend a ton of money on an unproven product that hasn't gotten any sales at all. You know, obviously, you know, you've got some, maybe it's a new offer or something like that. Maybe you've got a warm audience that might be more apt to buy. And so you're, you know, you're doing a little bit of testing that way, but, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, start with a completely cold product and be able to run Facebook ads and kind of expect that it's all going to work magically. (laughs) AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show. Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. So maybe for the sake of the rest of this conversation, you can think of a customer or a product, or we can make something up for the, for the remainder of this conversation so people could wrap their head around this. But I don't know what it is, but I'll let you figure it out. So let's just assume you've got this figured out, okay? And this is the product. This is how much it is. This is how much we need to make. Da, 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 da. You maybe come up with some basic metrics, but let's say we started running the ads, right? And what I would love to know is what we should be looking at. And maybe you can think about, you could use me if you want to, because I know you've run ads for us, or you could use anybody for that matter to know like what we should be looking at. Because once we've got a budget, that's a question of looking at something inside of Facebook, right? And what, what do we need to be looking at? Yeah. So how do we make those smarter decisions when we're, you know, looking at our numbers and stuff like that? What should we be looking at? So one of the, the biggest things I start with are things like the click-through rate. And that is actually the link click-through rate because you want to see how many people in your ad are actually then clicking through to get to your website where they're going to maybe opt in or maybe it's buy. Is the ad interesting to people enough to get them to actually click? And, you know, the challenge is sometimes it's hard to know if it's the ad itself or the wording or if it's maybe the offer in general that isn't as exciting. I've done some ads for a dentist and, uh, you know, they're just dentists are not going to have a big click through rate. No one's really interested in the dentist. So, <laughs> so usually, usually what I say, you want your click through rate to be at least 1%. So I'll give an example. I'll just stick with this example of the webinar because I have, I have a lot of clients who run webinars and, and we're running, you know, and then what happens is it's like free training basically. And then they are making the offer on the webinar, or maybe they're getting people to sign up to book a consultation with them where they are going to then do a higher end sale or higher end pitch for, for some ongoing consulting. So if the webinar ads, so I'm running the different audiences and running different images and maybe some different text as well. And what I'm starting to do is take a look at the click through link click through rate. And where I find this is usually by switching your view in your ads manager to a pre-built report called performance and clicks. There's a way you can just do a drop down in there to select performance and clicks. And that will easily give you more stats that I, I, that's like kind of my base starting report that I like to look at. So link click through rate should be over 1% typically to let me know that if at least 1% of the people who see that ad click through, that means that the ad is interesting enough to them. It's 
maybe the right audience that we're hitting pretty well, and they're at least getting over to the page where they're going to be asked to do more. So the next stat that I'm definitely looking at is basically the results. What is the cost per lead, or maybe it's a cost per sale, but in this case, it would be a cost per lead or complete registration, depending on what pixel you have set up on your webinar thank you page. So if I am seeing a cost per lead or cost per registration that is in an appropriate baseline for where I determine the budget, then we're continuing to run those ads. We're going to keep those ads going because they're they're hitting the mark they need to and we're getting people into the webinar and then hopefully from there they would then make that buying decision to actually, you know, buy the product in that case. So, the, I mean, I'm really not looking at a ton of data. Like there's a lot of metrics that are available to you, but you don't have to look at all of them. Sometimes if the ads aren't going right, you can maybe look at some other things in there. Like, is it cost a lot to show this audience this ad, like the CPM, or is there a high frequency? Maybe the audience is too small. So I'm not looking at a lot of the metrics until I have to do a little troubleshooting when I'm not getting the results that I want. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is that you got to have at least a 1% click-through rate on your ads. And then, you know, so like that means for every thousand impressions that the ad has a hundred people are going to click on it. I mean, if I'm doing my math right, right? That's right. Yeah. And is 1% considered barely acceptable or normal or what's your take on that? You know? I mean, a lot of these numbers you have to baseline for yourself. Like I said, the the dentist isn't going to have a 1% click-through rate unless they're doing something really special there. But sometimes in general, your ads or your offer is a little more interesting to people. And you might, you might baseline your typical click-through rate is 2%. But I usually say 1% is kind of the the bare minimum that you want to look at. And if it's not hitting that, then, you know, you got to look at a few other things. And then the cost per lead slash sale slash whatever action is you're, you're tracking, that needs to be in line with whatever you estimated based on the budget, right? So if we're talking about the webinar example, let's come up with a reasonable cost per lead on a webinar example. What would that be? For this particular client, we have to stay under $7 per webinar signup in order for the other math to work on the back end. Because what he's done is calculate how many people from those people who sign up, then book a call with him and then sign up for the package that he has. So whenever we see an audience that is, or an ad that is higher than that $7 per lead, and sometimes it varies per day. So we're, you know, we're not shutting things down immediately, but if it goes a couple of days at that higher cost, then we're shutting that particular ad or that particular audience down and we might test something else. We might go back to a different audience that we ran a while ago and kind of see, hey, can we, you know, reinvigorate this audience? So we're pulling in different tests in order to try and always stay under that $7 per webinar signup. Now, in this particular case with this particular client, it's because they're selling a product that they happen to know what their conversion rate is on the webinar, right? So are they at the point where they've got to make at least 50%, like help people wrap their brain around this? Like, so if they got a hundred leads at $7 a lead, that's $700. Do they need to make $7,000 on the webinar thing or how do they do that? So their goal, he's set up his goal is always 2x or better on the on the cost per the ads. So when we spend $5,000, he'll make $10,000 or more 
which then offsets the cost of the ads. And so, you know, with that, with this program, it is just delivered by him. So there's not like cost of goods sold in that case, but he just knows that's what he needs his revenue to make, to keep his business running, to be profitable, to, you know, support him and his family. Yeah. I love that. Well, and anywhere along the line, I would imagine you could, and we're going to get into making smart decisions with the ads, but anywhere along the line, you could improve your ads to get your click-through rate up. You can improve the sales page, right? To get your leads up. And you could also improve your sales pitch, right? To increase the conversion. So any one of those little things could yield him more results, right? Exactly. And that is definitely what happens. And he's constantly testing and tweaking. You know, he's tested different variations of the webinar title to try and get, you know, that conversion He's tested different landing pages to get that conversion. He's even tested different webinar delivery systems to make sure that people are staying in the webinar, to make sure that people are engaging with him in the right way and to make that process streamlined, make sure, you know, people are getting their webinar reminders. That's all, you know, it's all connected. So when you make a, you know, a 1% improvement on how well you convert, you're putting more money into your pocket, you know, and, and that's it. I love that. Okay. So the title of this webinar is how to know if your Facebook ads are going to work or something along those lines. So given the fact that we've talked about, all right, we should know what our conversion rate is on our, or our goal of whatever, right? Cost per lead, cost per sale. What do we need to be looking at in the data within Facebook as these ads are running? Like give us some like insight because we don't want to wait till the end of the 5,000 being spent and all of a sudden realize like, Oh, it didn't work. Right. right, right, right. So a lot of times what it is about is really just kind of looking at the different levels because there's different levels of, and that's another thing that people aren't always sure about is how to read the reports in there to make these decisions. So you've got the campaign level, which is the high level kind of overall results. And then at the ad set level, you're testing the different audiences. So now you're saying, okay, and it also might be testing some different placements or des- testing some different optimizations that you might be doing. And I have an example about that too, that I want to touch on because it's super interesting. So you're looking at the ad set level where you're looking at the, maybe the different placements, maybe the different audiences. I like to make sure I'm breaking out Facebook placement versus Instagram placement. So we can scale and see those results really separately. We can also turn that off separately if we need to, if we see that Instagram is not giving us you know, is giving us twice the cost per lead, which happens quite frequently when I'm, when I'm testing, sometimes it just isn't the right hit for that. And so we just turn that particular placement off. Then at the ad level, that's where we're looking at the different ads. So maybe we've put different images in there. Maybe we've tried some different text and we can turn those off individually as well so that we can, again, maximize our results to try and get us the cheapest leads or cheapest sales as possible. So that's kind of, you know, where we're looking at in the, in the ads area. So real quick, just so I understand at the campaign level is where we can determine Facebook versus Instagram. Is that right? Do we have to set that up that way? Yeah, you would have to set it. It all depends on how you structure your campaign. So you could set up a whole campaign that's only Instagram placement, but the placement is really at the ad set level. So you could it just depends. It's a personal preference on your structure. The campaign is all the aggregated results of everything that's below that particular setup. So really, you at the campaign level, you might be testing the different optimizations. So actually, I'll, I'll talk about this example right now. So I have a lawyer client where he does different cases, and we were testing a lead generation 
optimization, which is the pop-up forms that happen all on Facebook. And they're kind of pre-filled with people's information. And, and that could be a lead. Then we were also testing the optimization where we were sending people to a website where they would first learn a little bit more about the, the case and things like that. And then they would put in their name and email on that website. And that's a conversion ad. That's a, a different type of ad where you're using the pixel to track that lead. And while we were finding out that the lead cost for the where we sent them to the website was actually, like in some cases, 10 times what it costs for the lead generation ad where the pop-up would happen all on Facebook, the website was actually leading to more signed cases for him. So we were actually spending more, and this is where the tracking comes in, that you have to kind of track on your back end. And he would track everything from like how many calls he booked, how many people were qualified, and then how many led to actual signed cases. And we found even though the lead generation ads were giving us 10 times cheaper leads, they weren't leading to actual signed cases on the back end, which would have basically lost him money if we kind of just went with that lead cost at the beginning and kind of said, oh, that's a much better lead cost. So it's it's interesting when you track and are able to really kind of see what's going on that you can make those better decisions. Well, and it sounds like to me, the action necessary to to get the Facebook lead ad is very small, right? It's just click. It's super just click. easy. Yeah. Sometimes people do it by accident. Yeah. The barrier is super light. Going to a website, you have full control over the copy. You can change the copy on that, that site, right? And it's in depth, probably more than you could put inside of a Facebook ad. Therefore, I would imagine if people consumed all that content, they might actually take the action that he wanted but Facebook wants them to stay on platform. So they're charging more to send them off platform. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Or there's just more of a barrier. I mean, for sure. I think the way Facebook runs their ads, they make it easier. You know, I think that there's a lot of factors that might go into that, you know, and maybe what's happening too, is that people are weeding themselves out when they are able to read more. They're like, oh, you know what? This isn't actually a fit for me. And so now it leads to less leads, but that means more expensive leads, but that also can mean more qualified leads. So when we are analyzing our ads, I'm imagining we need to have a series of ads set up. If we just have a couple of ads and none of them are performing, then we're going to end up shutting everything down, right? So how should we break up kind of our ads and what should we be specifically, I'm imagining we're looking at this cost per click, right? I mean, isn't that really what we're looking at? Link click? For sure. Like the cost per link click plays in there as well. But like when you're kind of determining, are you kind of asking what I, what we should be testing or how do we? Yeah. I mean, like, it sounds like there's a series of things, like we're at the stage now where we're potentially shutting down ads and making smart decisions, right? But if we're just running one ad, and it doesn't work, shouldn't we have a series of things so that we can shut some down or whatever? For sure. And I think some of that kind of, again, that sort of plays into your budget. Like how much can you test? You know, if you have a budget of $100, you're not going to go out and test 100 ads because that's not going to give you significant results, right? So in that point, you know, you determine kind of what your budget is and then you say, okay, I'm going to test maybe four different audiences and maybe four different images, for example. You kind of break that down so you can say, okay, these results were significant. They led to more leads than this audience for sure. You know, because if you're just getting one lead per audience, you you can't say for sure how well that might have done if you kept it running. So, so you do have to kind of 
put into play like how much you can test, but you want to still make sure that you're having enough different audiences, very different audiences, and you're not just going putting every keyword or every type of audience you can think of into one particular ad because you do have to test them separately. So let's assume we have tested three different audiences with the same ad and one of them is getting decent conversion right above our minimum goal and the other two are not. Should we have a preliminary budget that we're kind of in this quote unquote phase, I don't know, yeah. testing phase or whatever, before we start scaling up? I mean, like, and how would you act on that information? Yeah, for sure. I You definitely want to kind of set aside that preliminary budget because you aren't going to get the best results right off the bat. You It is about kind of then iterating because then what you'll do is you'll take that, um, you'll take that best performing ad or best performing audience. And maybe you're going to like, you know, choose a, another audience that kind of sparked your interest based on what was working. Like maybe it's a lookalike audience and you say, oh, that lookalike audience was doing well. Let's try a variation and do a different lookalike audience of, of that. See if we can, you know, even get better results. So usually like, you know, again, when we're talking about budget, you're kind of talking about overall marketing budget as well. And, you know, where are you spending your money overall in your whole company? And then maybe it's like, okay, we're going to set aside 10% of that budget for testing, and then we'll be able to scale up from there and hopefully be profitable and things like that. So it is kind of, there's a little bit of a holistic approach as well as kind of just setting aside some, some initial money where you know you're not going to get perfect results, but hopefully you're going to be able to build on that and then scale when you are seeing that you're actually ROI positive. Given the fact that it's getting harder for Facebook to track data, how trustworthy is their, we know their link click data will be for sure accurate because it's on yeah. the platform, yep. Yep. but their ability to, to track a conversion I would imagine could be compromised. Should we rely more on Google Analytics data, Facebook data, a combination of all of them? Because when we're making these decisions, knowing full well that some of this information might not be complete, how do we how do we react to that? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That is one of the hardest things because it is, you know, Facebook's also doing kind of a little bit of a predictive analysis now on like their results. So it's a little bit fuzzier, but I've found that actually since Last year, the results are a little bit more accurate that I've, you know, in terms of when we're like measuring, when we're able to track like actual results versus what Facebook is reporting. Um, so I think it's the tracking within Facebook is getting a little bit better, but it is sort of about like taking all the options you have, nothing is going to be perfect. And then saying, okay, best guess how many, you know, We've got Google Analytics, we've got Facebook Analytics, maybe we have our backend tracking some, you know, in a different way. And the, of course, the backend tracking is probably going to be the most accurate because that's actual sales. So, you know, you're you're doing some of that, but you're maybe also making sure that you've got the conversion API set up so that the server's giving you a little bit more accurate results with your Facebook uh, reporting. Maybe you have a different reporting system that you use. There's lots of um, reporting systems out there that, you know, kind of try and make that tracking as accurate as possible. So it is a challenge. And I think it's about just kind of taking a look at all the data and kind of making some 
best guess assumptions with that. Do you find that asking maybe, do you recommend that your customers put a field like, how'd you find out about us on there and have options like Facebook, Google, or? I don't know. I feel like those never work. People like don't yeah. know where they, they, they feel like, I don't know. I just sign on the internet, you know, yeah, and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. sometimes people know, but you know, we, it's funny because I work with a, a realtor who were running Google and Facebook ads for them. And in Instagram, actually, and they don't know where they, you know, they'll, they'll make a call and it'll be just after they clicked on the ad and they're like, how'd you hear about us? And they're like, oh, I don't know, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, is there any other things we need to be thinking about? We've talked about how, first of all, you know, you need to be tracking your data. You need to come up with a budget. You need to figure out a way to properly calculate your budget. And then you need to know what your click rate is and you need to know what your conversion rate is, right? Uh, whatever that conversion is, lead sales, whatever. Uh, and then we need to be looking inside of ads to kind of like turn off the things that aren't performing and maybe amp up the things that are performing. Is there anything else that you want to add that we have not yet addressed when, when it comes to knowing whether our ads are going to work or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the other things that I've seen working really well lately are just kind of separating things out a little bit and testing things separately. So an example is actually, this was also the plan I was talking about earlier with the webinar and sometimes circling back to things is, is another good one, but like we broke out, we were testing, we were originally advertising to several countries at once. And we had Canada, UK, US, Australia, New Zealand. We had that all bundled into one campaign. And we just decided to separate all those countries out. And we were able to then scale and, and change and see the cost per lead per on each country. And, and then we're going to be able to also track, okay, yeah, maybe that country likes free things and maybe doesn't buy or something like that, you know, so <laughs> cheap people up in Canada. No, <laughs> but like, again, kind of thinking about these little shifts that you can do to improve your results on the front end will then trickle down and create this really great waterfall effect on the back end where you can be more and more profitable. Cool. Andrea, if people want to discover more about you and everything you've got going on, where do you want to send them? Just come over to my website, andreavall.com. It's A-N-D-R-E-A-V-A-H-L.com and get lots of great articles there, some freebies, and feel free to just fill out my contact form and I'll answer back. And if people want to reach out to you on the socials, do you have a pr preferred platform? Yeah, you can reach out to me on Facebook, my favorite. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Andrea Vall Inc. is my business page. And I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the socials. Not as much TikTok, but. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea, so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts with us. We're better because of it. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Mike. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 530. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast a new show from Social Media Examiner, 
hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.